Welcome to the Natural Health Podcast, where we bring awareness of sustainable health in the business hustle space. The Natural Health Podcast is perfect for the high-performing business-minded individuals who want to work with their biochemistry to achieve optimal health. It's Friday, which means it's time for friends sharing facts about health, business, and overall success. In today's episode, we talk to Chloe Stubberfield, who will talk about the effectiveness of acupuncture therapy on stress. Chloe is an integrative Chinese medicine practitioner that uses the best of Western and Eastern medicine for whichever type of medicine you need. She specializes in women's health and fertility, but loves treating almost anything. When she's not practicing, her perfect day consists of yoga, followed by her favorite movies, and then finishes with a, with a game of board games. Welcome to the Natural Health Podcast, Chloe. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited too. What's your favorite board game? Oh, we play so many board games at home. So um, we do a lot of like trivia ones. And there's this new game that's about trains, which is very strategic, which we play a lot of at the moment. Oh, beautiful. Um, and we play a lot of cards. So lots of cards. Nice, nice. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Well, you know, you're a Chinese traditional medicine practitioner. Tell me a little bit about that. How have you become, how long have you been doing that for? What made you become that? What, were you doing anything before that? Let us know into your journey, Chloe. Yeah, cool. So I, um, so I grew up in a small country town where there wasn't really much in the way of natural medicine, but my mum was a bit of a hippie. So we grew up exposed to that kind of world um, and grew up uh, learning about the importance of, you know, limiting pesticides, eating proper food. We would visit the chiropractor, which was a bit bizarre back then, but um, now is very normal. Um, and when I was growing up, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to do something in kind of the health field. And you know, it got to the end of year 12 or the start of year 12 and I still had no idea. And mum just honestly said, what about acupuncture? And I was like, all right, whatever. I was so stressed out that I just picked, that, that is literally my story. I just picked a random thing. Um, and it ended up being the perfect career for me, which never happens. So no, no. <laughs> it doesn't ever happen. So I rocked up at uni and it was just this magical combination of science. So half my classes at, at school were science-based and half were um, like history and English and kind of um, that kind of base. So I loved both sides of that. Um, and I didn't think there was a career that had both, which is where my name, The Witch Doctor, comes from because there's two sides of me, kind of the Eastern side and the Western side, the science side and the philosophy side. So I didn't think that it was possible to find a career that had that and I just kind of fell into it. And as I went through year by year, because it's five years, um, I was like, this is everything. This is all the things that I like, all the science, because I did a science degree with, the Chinese medicine degree. Um, so it was half science, half philosophy, all this history, all this amazing bit of language, like all this stuff that I love just rolled into five years of amazingness. Um, and then I was out and I worked for someone else for three years and then someone else for two years um, and learnt a lot about how to run a business, you know, how to 
gain confidence and all that stuff with your clients. And then 18 months ago, I was like, all right, I think I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. Um, and I and I went out on my own and I became the witch doctor. And here we are 18 months later and, um, you know, global pandemic aside, having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And usually, um, you know, the parents when you're 18 are like, you know, be a lawyer, do this business degree, be a dentist, be a doctor, do this. And usually the kids are like, oh, I don't want nothing to do. I want a gap year. So it's really interesting that, you know, your mom led you to something extraordinary. Yeah. Super bizarre. Because I always thought I was going to be a GP when I was younger. That was my kind of plan. Okay. As I got older, I realized that I probably didn't want to do that um and she was like well this is you know you get to be a doctor but you get to spend more time with your patients you get to look at their whole health instead of just you know one symptom um and you know you get to have that work-life balance which everyone talks about but yeah when you have your own business that's absolutely brilliant have you have you been to china Yes, I went to China the second half of fifth year for my internship, so four months in China. Beautiful. Um, so, so they make you so they make you go to China to complete. They that. do. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know, which I think is I didn't know before I did Chinese medicine. They actually have Western hospitals and then they have Chinese medicine hospitals in oh, China. Wow. So you can go we worked as an intern at a Chinese medicine hospital. Um, so they're exactly the same, except everything is treated with Chinese medicine instead of Western medicine. So there's, you know, pediatrics, gynecology, dermatology, all those things, um, but they're treated with herbal medicine and acupuncture by the doctors that are TCM trained. So, so, so something happens, you have a choice. You go, I'm going to go yes. there, I'm going to go there. Wow. Yeah. That is so, cool. Yeah, it's really cool, which lots of people don't know. I think that that's so interesting. So yeah, obviously if you, you know, get in a car accident and you break your leg, you probably go to the Western <laughs> yeah. But like if you're sick or, you know, you're struggling with fertility or anything like that that can be treated with both, um, you have a choice. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's, imagine, imagine if that we can have something like that here, how different uh, being. It'd be amazing. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. That's beautiful. I've never been to China, but I heard it's absolutely amazing. And knowing that now, I'm like, I'm going to go now. <laughs> <laughs> you should go. <laughs> All right. Beautiful. So, so what does, give us a little bit of an insight because a lot of people are confused. Why, why are we talking about acupuncture? Why is a Chinese medicine practitioner talking about acupuncture? So let us know what does, what, what is a traditional medicine practitioner, an integrative one? What do they do? What do you do? Yeah. Cool. So this is a really common question and everyone is so confused. By it. So <laughs> Let's <question>. clear it up. <laughs> <laughs> so when we're talking about, so I am a doctor of Chinese medicine or a Chinese medicine practitioner. Um, I'm also an acupuncturist. So when we're talking about acupuncture versus Chinese medicine, Chinese medicine is like the umbrella. So it's, it's the big one. It's the, it's the thing that has all the other modalities under it. So you've got Chinese medicine and you've got the two main parts of Chinese medicine, which are acupuncture and herbs. So you can be just an acupuncturist or just a herbalist, or you can be a Chinese medicine practitioner, which is both. Um, so you've done all the herbal training and all the acupuncture training. So 
Then there's all those little modalities underneath, things like qigong, which we learn at school, um, diet therapy, cupping. Lots of people have had cupping. Sebastian, we now Chinese massage. So if you do Chinese medicine, you do all of those things. Um, so you kind of have all these little tools under, you know, on your tool belt. Yeah. Um, but most people would say, because a lot of people don't know what a Chinese medicine practitioner is. So we just say we're a herbalist or an acupuncturist. Yeah, yeah. People so, kind of know what that is. So when you go see an acupuncturist, they don't have to know their herbs. Or if you see no. a herb, they don't have to know the acupuncture. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. And you're both. I'm both. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant. So, brilliant. I'm everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So look, it looks like you've had success. Like you said, you spent a few years working with um, other practitioners and now you've gone on to build up your own business, which is really interesting. So here on the podcast, we talk a lot about success and how it's defined in different ways to different people. Um, so before we go any deeper into the, today's topic, which I'm really excited about, I wanted to know what does success look like to Chloe? Yeah, I really liked that question. I liked all your questions. I really like that question because I think a lot of people are chasing the wrong type of success, which you would agree with, I'm sure. Um, so for me, it's not ever been about money per se, which I think a lot of people are chasing. Um, we're in a really good position where we have this amazing, rewarding career where we get to help people every day, which is just the level of fulfillment that you get from that. A lot of people don't understand, so they don't know that that's what you should be striving for. Um, for me, I, I think success is, you know, finding your, what you're supposed to do with your, you know, 80 years on the planet, 90 years, 100 if you eat really well. Um, and if you come see me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, finding your purpose and being really content, I think is the best word for it because I think happiness is, is quite fitting. Um, be happy we can find really easy ways to be happy you know you eat a block of chocolate you're happy for two seconds um but being content with who you are and what your place is in the world i think is successful um and obviously making enough of a living that you can uh provide yourself with a really healthy life so you can um you know eat see other practitioners so you can stay really healthy you know Medical Beautiful care and that sort of stuff. So I think being really healthy and just knowing who you are is successful. I think. So finding your purpose in a sense. Finding your life. purpose. Yeah, and I guess you found that at an early age, which is I did rare. Accidentally. So yeah. listen to your mum is your advice. Yeah, <laughs> listen to your mum when she gives you some random advice. Just do it. I don't know. It worked out pretty well for me. <laughs> Beautiful. So look, let's talk about traditional Chinese medicine's view on stress. Let's get into that. So as we know, stress affects the flow of qi, which is QI. Did I say that right, qi? You did. Beautiful. So it affects the flow of qi in our body, um, resulting in stagnation, excessive internal heat, and poor blood circulation. In saying that, what does all that mean? I mean, the audience must be like, what is this stagnation stuff? What is this excess heat? So what does, what does stress do? What does that mean? 
yeah, for sure. So um, chi is like, most people have heard of chi, which is your body's energy. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, it kind of runs your body. So you need a certain amount of chi to be functional. So if you're really tired, you don't have enough chi. Um, but then we're talking about stress, which is stagnant chi. So your chi is supposed to kind of cruise through your body doing everything that it's supposed to, make you really happy and healthy. Um, but what happens when we get stress is your whole body kind of tenses up and you get these blockages. So that that is what we call stagnation. So blockages that stop that chi from flowing the way that it's supposed to. And then these blockages cause uh, like conditions such as stress or headaches or pain or anything is caused by a, a blockage of chi that needs to be moved essentially. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and then if you have a blockage for a really long time, it turns to excess heat. So it, it, imagine like a, like a car, the best analogy I can use is like a car crash, right? So you're blocking up the, the road with, with the cars that have crashed you don't get out of the way and if you kind of leave those cars there eventually one of them's going to explode and you're going to get this big fireball and all that stuff so that is essentially you know not great analogy but that is excess heat in your system which then causes other things such as constipation you get things like migraines from heat um and then that's like the next form of stagnation, which we're trying to avoid because those conditions are not beautiful. And, and it causes poor blood circulation. Is that right? Yeah. So it's similar. So if you're looking at it from a Western perspective, mm. uh, that's what it would do. Um, so when we're talking about blood circulation, that's blood and chi moving through your system. Um, so if you really stressed your your system is not going to be working as well mm. as it should so you're going to get these uh, fluctuations in quality of your so that's looking at it from kind of a western perspective mm. if we look at it from a tcm perspective it's this idea of your chi and your blood being Beautiful, beautiful. So you've educated the audience in regards to what chi is, it's energy. And we don't, we, and when, you're, when we're stressed out, it gets stagnated. Is it, does it happen in any other ways? Or is it because why, why does this happen occur when we're stressed? Um, why doesn't it occur when we're just relaxed? Yeah, that, that's a good question. <laughs> um, so when we talk about not going too deep into it, because it's... Yeah. it's a tricky thing but um so in chinese medicine your liver controls your uh your stress levels so if your liver is not functioning correctly through excess alcohol the wrong foods uh you know not sleeping enough your liver will then be unable to move the chi the way that it's supposed to um so basically it's lifestyle factors that mm. cause this stagnation later on so if you're doing everything that you're supposed to you won't get stagnant chi because it will be free-flowing so the organs that are affected generally are the liver and the spleen so if you're eating the wrong foods if you're really stressed um 
if your gut's struggling because you've been eating the wrong foods, we know that there's that gut-brain connection, which is very similar in Chinese medicine. Um, and then you will end up being stagnated and which will cause stress, which will add to the stress. It's like this is so yeah, it's an ongoing circle. What's so interesting yeah. about the liver and the spleen, um, and I bet you a lot of the audience hasn't heard about the spleen because it's not a very spoken about organ. But in Chinese no. medicine, it's spoken about a lot, isn't it? It is. It's one of the really common ones. So in Chinese medicine, your spleen is in charge of what we call dampness, so helping you absorb your food. And a lot of people have issues absorbing their food. And if your spleen is not functioning correctly, you'll get fatigue, um, be really cold, um, which a lot of women especially can relate to. Um, yeah, so the spleen in Western medicine is not really a thing, but the spleen meridian in Chinese medicine is really prominent in especially women because, women, because it also um, controls gynecology as well. So it's a big one, the spleen. Yeah. And like you said, when you're stressed, so if you're linking it all together, when we're stressed, our spleen's affected and you said we're not absorbing our food well, which means we're mineral vitamin deficient, which means we're tired. So, so it makes total sense. It makes total sense yeah. how it would be involved. Yeah, for sure. So if you imagine it like um, so each organ has like a an organ that it overacts. So if you've seen the little circle of all the Chinese medicine organs, um, so, for example, when the liver is stagnant, what happens then is it over affects the spleen. So it causes spleen use. So that's where that, that's the way that Chinese medicine has explains the whole, if you're stressed, you're going to have a terrible pain. So it overacts on the spleen, causing other issues. Whereas, um, yeah, other organs overact on each other. You can see it in the little picture. Um, but that's the most common kind of overacting is the liver overacting on the spleen. Yeah, beautiful. Thanks so much for sharing that with us. Went into a bit more detail, which is amazing. And I'll put a link below to that um, to that little graph so people can understand what we're talking about, that are listening to it. Um, so we know that stress has a negative impact on our immune system, which is detrimental to some individuals, on ageing, mood, inflammation, pain. I mean, you name it. Um, and we understand that acupuncture has been shown to affect all of these symptoms. So I've read a few recent studies and recent acupuncture and neuroimaging studies have confirmed that acupuncture can affect both the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. So knowing that now, how can you give us a brief explanation on how acupuncture can reduce stress and can assist with all those things that you mentioned occur in the body? How can it do the opposite? Sure. So um, the science is uh, really interesting because there's so much research going into it at the moment and they don't have one single hypothesis on how acupuncture works. There's like 10 of them. Um, but the main one, which is related to stress, is that it triggers your neurohormonal pathways um, to release endorphins, which make you feel relaxed and happy. So... If your body is, as you would know, if your body is kind of running on adrenaline, if you're really kind of hyperactive, your body can't function the way that it needs to. So by bringing that down, by calming your whole system down, your body then does what it's supposed to do and regulates itself. So 
I think you would find as well that, you know, if calming people down solves about 90% of health conditions, um, because that stress, that high cortisol in Western medicine we would look at, but in Chinese medicine, it's the, the kind of hyperactive yang, maybe we would call it, which is too, too much heat in the system. By calming that down, we're allowing the body to do what it's supposed to do and um, it's, yeah, it's cool, I think. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. So in a sense, just to explain to people, if no one's ever got acupuncture done, what is it? I just skipped that because I, in my head, I'm like, <laughs> everyone knows what acupuncture is. Just if you could just briefly describe what acupuncture is. Yeah, sure. So um, basically there's um, acupuncture is tiny, tiny needles that we put in specific, we call them acupuncture points. Um, and these points in Chinese medicine are moving that stagnation that we talked about previously. So they're trying to move the chi. Um, and basically you put 10, 10 to work 100 needles in. It's not painful at all. Um, and we're trying to move this kind of blockage that is causing the disease. So they're specifically placed. Um, so each point has a function, a really specific function or four or five functions. Um, and yeah, so we're, we're looking at kind of the body as a whole, trying to unblock it, I think mm. is the mm. simplest way to explain that. Yeah, beautiful. And, and so that's how it assists putting the individual in a parasympathetic mode and unblocking it because that's what stress causes. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So basically um, it helps yeah, calm everyone down so that their body can uh, respond appropriately to what its physiological functions are, which are, you know, all the things, be happy and digest food and all that stuff. So uh, this kind of hyperactive system that we have going on that most people have, it is not conducive to a healthy uh, healthy system. So by calming people down, by popping all those little needles in, it sounds bizarre, but it works. <laughs> it sounds so weird. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's a weird one, but it calms people down and calms their system down so that they can heal. So... That, that's absolutely amazing. Um, I mean, so the treatment goes for about, what, half an hour, 40 minutes or so? Is that right? Yeah. So um, we come in, you came for an initial consult. We have a huge chat um, at the start. So usually about 40 minutes um, because the, the questions, that the answers we need to know are, you know, really in depth. So, you know, if you've ever been to a TCM Prappy, I'm sure they're very similar to what you would ask, which is, you know, about bowel movements, how often you go, how your sleep is, um, you know, what your diet is. And I think when you go to a lot of other medical practitioners, they kind of ask those questions, but um, everyone's version of what is healthy is different. So you have to go into detail. Like, people say, you know, I have normal bowel movements. I'm like, well, what is normal for you? Because you probably don't do it very often. So, and, you know, what is a normal sleeping pattern? Mm. What is, you know, a healthy diet? Everyone's version of a healthy diet varies dramatically. So it's very in-depth to get those answers because, unfortunately, with Chinese medicine, we don't have the diagnostic 
um, tools of Western medicine. We can't see it inside them, what's going on. So we're relying a lot on what they're saying, what we're seeing with their tongue and their pulse as well, um, but also what we're kind of looking at when we look at them. Mm. So you have a chat and then I pop the needles in um, based on what you're telling me and what I'm seeing. And then you, I leave you there to, we call it marinate, marinate for 25 <laughs> minutes, let the needles do their thing. Yeah. Um, and then we come take them out and you should feel nice and zen and very relaxed afterwards. Yeah. So I guess most of the stuff is happening when the needles are in you, right? So is there an after effect? For example, so someone comes to you and they're really stressed out and okay, they feel amazing for those 20 minutes while the needles are in. But what is the after effect? Like how, how does that help that individual who's dramatically stressed? Yeah. So um, basically the way that I explain it to new new patients is the main thing that you will notice is you'll be tired, you'll be so tired um, because we've actually, we talk a lot about false chi in Chinese medicine, which is basically adrenaline. So these people that are like, oh, I'm not tired, I'm fine, um, are running around on adrenaline, which is not real energy, it's fake, false chi. Um, so most people have false chi and what we're doing is actually showing them how tired they really are by bringing them down to their real level. The main thing that people feel is really tired um, and then they'll have a really good sleep because they'll be exhausted and then for the next few days depending on what they're coming in for if they're coming in for stress um, then they should generally they feel really relaxed and much calmer um, their digestion often kind of improves as well um, and they sleep better which improves their mood and improves um, Kind of energy and and everything as well so the main thing that they'll notice it is they'll improve their sleep they'll improve their energy and they just feel better it's hard mm. it's a hard one to it's hard to describe um but that's what everyone says when they come back i just feel better i feel i'm not as reactive to things i don't i don't get as wound up i just feel more relaxed which is exactly what people need Mm. eventually if we continue to kind of keep doing that we'll train the body to react like that all the time but mm. you know most people have been reacting poorly for 30 40 years before they come and see me so it takes mm. time to train yourself back i love that i love that analogy of false chi i absolutely love that and um, i'm pretty sure the audience that's listening is like well i'm not tired i, I get up at 5 a.m i've got to sleep at 1 a.m i've got so much work to do i have to smash it out if i don't do it who else will but the issue is like you said they're running on this false chi on this false energy which is cortisol adrenaline it's the go-go thing you know i'm feeling amazing i'm not hungry i don't need to eat um but when they actually get the acupuncture done or when they actually do the mindful exercises they're like wow i'm actually really tired what's wrong with me <laughs> when there's nothing wrong with them right they're just their cheese finally flowing the way it's supposed to be yeah so it's a natural yeah. high yeah that's it yeah that's it and then after a while they don't ever want to go back to hopefully i've trained a few of them out of it that kind of lifestyle that mm. isn't really well it's not healthy but it's also not purpose there's no point in doing that mm. and it's the false chi 
it, it causes disease essentially isn't yeah. that right with all the stagnation and all those um things that you mentioned earlier yeah that's right yeah absolutely so now the audience is like oh wow all of this stuff so for an individual that's listening right now do they have to i mean it'll be amazing if they can come see an acupuncturist you know a traditional chinese medicine practitioner but what if they you know they live in the bush or they in their eyes at the moment they see that they have no time <laughs> mm-hmm. what 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 are some practical tips for someone who's really stressed out to incorporate traditional chinese medicine in their everyday life to assist them with stress what's something that they can do right now before they come and see you yeah okay so um the main thing that like lots of people would be doing chinese medicine without realizing it so um to move chi which is really important for stress the best way to move chi is either acupuncture but if you can't get there that's cool um or exercise so exercise is the best chi mover that there is um so walking every day is honestly the best type of exercise that anyone can do um for a lot of people again they do the high intensity kind of stuff which chinese medicine is very against um because again that's perpetuating the false chi kind of giving you more false chi while you're actually exhausted underneath so by doing things like um walking and yin yoga that will help balance and build chi as well so yin yoga actually gives you chi whereas um all that high intensity stuff just takes away so exercise is the best thing to do um like in between appointments um but you're also probably already doing a lot of chinese medicine things there's a lot of uh, her, a lot of herbs that you know or spices or fruits are Chinese medicine herbs. So one of the really common ones is something like turmeric, which is a Chinese medicine herb. Um, and that's a really strong chi and blood mover. So by adding something like turmeric into your diet, you're going to be moving that chi and blood for when you're really stressed and to decrease inflammation, which is like when we talk about inflammation, Inflammation, it's that heat that I spoke about previously, mm, very mm. Western and the Eastern way of describing heat. Um, so adding something like turmeric into your diet is a really awesome way to move. So, so exercise, you mentioned calming exercise like yoga, yin yoga, um, and not doing like the HIIT, the F45, the CrossFit, mm-hmm all that stuff which probably the audience is doing because they just go get it. They're like, yep, I'm going to do it. That's going to give me energy. But you're saying yeah. that that's, that's feeding the false energy. It is. So this is a, I have this conversation. All my clients that are going to listen to this will be like, I tell them all the time. You <laughs> can do two a week and that's it because I've talked them down from five. So... The reason that this is a thing is you get that really awesome feeling when you do high-intensity exercise, um, but that's adrenaline. Uh, it is endorphins a little bit, but it's mainly adrenaline or false chi. Most people are inherently exhausted underneath, so you actually don't have much to give, and you're giving it to this high-intensity exercise. 
and it's addictive. It's extremely addictive to do that stuff. And I'm, like I went through stages where I did that constantly. Um, and then I burnt out, which is what happens and why they come in to see me. They can't do it anymore because they don't have any chi left. Um, so kind of talking them down to, you know, maybe do that once a week, go for a walk, um, you know, do some yoga and they feel, you know, after the initial <laughs> pushback, much better. Um, and I think that the way that I explain it to them is that when we look at Chinese medicine, women are inherently yin and men are yang. So yang is like the hot, fast-moving uh, kind of aspect of the universe and men are hot. So they can they can do high-intensity stuff because they're, pro, they're biology that that's that's okay they can lift, they can do weights and stuff because that's what inherently they're supposed to be doing whereas generally women are supposed to be the calm slow moving yin aspect of of the universe um and they feel better generally their hormones are in balance when they are doing the low intensity stuff because inherently biologically that's what we're supposed to be doing we're being programmed into kind of moving into this yang aspect of of the universe over the last 50 years because we're trying to you know, have a career plus raise children do, you know do everything which is the yang kind of um go 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 which is not actually how we're programmed mm. yeah that makes total sense and just thinking about it like you said um, thinking about it, like we have, women have moved more into the yang, whereas men haven't moved more to the yin. It's mm. been more everyone's being pushed towards the yang, whereas, you know, results driven, doing things, building things, productive, making things happen. And I guess that's why we are where we are now. That's why we have the internet. That's why we have all those things. But like you said, a lot of, and you, you specialize in fertility and you love that. So it's, it's, it's interesting that with women, we are supposed to be more yang and there's so many fertility issues out there at the moment with women. And, and it's kind of like, maybe that's not the key aspect, but there is a little bit to it where, you know, we are career driven. We want that business. We want that, um, you know, success in the, up the corporate ladder and things like that. And then, and then that's our yang. And then we're also training at 45 and there's more yang. And then we come home and we're yeah. cleaning and there's more yang. So it makes perfect sense. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, we can, there's this whole, you know, we can have it all, but you have to really concentrate on those those health aspects. And I'm not saying that women shouldn't be running a business, but I'm running a business and, you know, yay, let's do it. But you can't, you can't do it and do F45 six days a week because you will at 35, 40, you're not going to last very long. You're going to crash and burn. Um, and I've seen it many times. And that I know that people are listening going, oh, no. You will crash and burn eventually um, because your system won't be able to handle it. Um, yeah. And so run the business, do the family, do whatever you want, but do yoga as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's the, it's the yin yoga. How, how's that different from the other yoga? Yeah, so yin yoga is nourishing. It's very slow. And the people that are prone, again, I struggled a lot 
doing it because it's so slow um, and I am very yang. I do a lot of things. I don't like to sit still, but I've had to train myself into it. Um, so it's very nourishing. You hold the poses for a really long time and you're nourishing your yin by being very slow moving and stretching. Whereas something like vinyasa, which is also great, is what I would consider like a yang yoga. So it kind of is, it's faster, it's strength, um, which is also good. Um, but maximum for women, I would say. Yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. Thanks for sharing that with us. Um, you know, we've gone a bit about yin and yang. I love it. I was going to ask you about your thoughts on the yin and yang and you went into that, which is absolutely amazing. So, I mean, uh, someone who's listening now and is totally stressed out, for them to hear, you know, they're probably going F45 five, six times CrossFit. They're lifting, yeah. they're doing things, they're running. For them to hear you say something along the lines of max two times a week i mean individuality everyone's different but overall they're probably like okay um no i'm just going to stop this podcast right now and i'm not going to listen to it because i'm different like you said um but it's interesting to take that in and actually think about what that means to you think about how you can incorporate that in your life um and and mix it up like you can do a bit of that exercise and a bit of this exercise but if you are stressed and we're talking about stressed here you really have that false energy in you it's it's in you and you don't want to keep pushing that up so you said that amazingly absolutely love it so what is a way that you know if you're feeling stressed chloe like you know you're running a business you've got a lot of things on very yang like you would say and you know i'm pretty sure you become stressed like we all do what is your secret to managing stress yeah so uh that's a that's a good question um i wouldn't say there is a secret and i wouldn't most people when they when they know me know that i'm pretty chilled um i get my things done and then i um i try really hard to switch off which is almost impossible but i try um but i would say for me the number one thing that i need to do I've figured out now exactly what I need to do to be a really good practitioner, to be a good friend, to be a good daughter, to do all the things is um, so I get up in the morning and I go for an hour walk every morning. That's my non-negotiable. Like I have to do that every day because often it's the only time I get to myself um, and I'm naturally quite introverted, which surprises a lot of people, but I am an introvert. Um, so again, when we're talking about introvert versus extrovert, introverts, they don't not like people. I really like people, but I find it exhausting to, to be around people. Um, and when we're talking about Chinese medicine, we're talking about giving our chi away, um, and you've got to keep some for yourself. So for me, having a walk in the morning, um, eating extremely healthy is the only way that I that really helps manage my stress levels um and i do yoga a couple of times a week as well um which really obviously helps i do so i do one to two vinyasa and then one to two yin um and that kind of keeps everything at bay and obviously i take chinese herbs when i need to um so it's quite an extensive routine but i'm doing a lot of things so i need to i can't get sick so, and I can't be performing at 80%. I need to be, you know, my health is my number one priority. So I do put a lot of effort. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. So your health is number one priority. So you put all those things in place to ensure that you are able to be you and achieve success, which is what we spoke about at the start to help those individuals to live your purpose. I love that. So to finish off, I ask all my guests um, this question. So as it is the natural health podcast, what is your best kept natural health hack? Do you have a natural health hack that you want to share with the audience? That's, it's a good question. I would say it's so boring and I tried to think of something really interesting, but I couldn't. My number one health hack is to drink water. That is like, that is my biggest thing. If anyone knows me, they know that, um, <laughs> they know that I'm always carrying around a water bottle and I pee a lot. Um, but I know that that is extremely important for all the chemicals like all the biological processes in my body, I just feel much better. Um, And I would say it's not really natural health, but I think people tend to take themselves too seriously as well. And I think people just need to lighten up a little bit, laugh a little bit more. I think laughter is one of the best things that you can do for your mental and physical health. Yeah, and it's and it helps. Laughter helps, like like you said, so much. There's been so much research done how laughter heals individuals. Exactly, and I think you know it's not that serious. Like, yes, the world is not great at the moment. (laughs) It's not ideal, but you know we're living, we're alive, we're we're really lucky, and we've got everything we could ever possibly want. And I think. Uh, we get kind of wrapped up in the the little the little oh well this didn't work out or this didn't work out but if you kind of step back I think laugh lighten up it's all okay I promise I love that so drink your water and laugh there you have it little health hacks from Chloe (laughs) absolutely love it Well, we've come to the end of this absolutely magical podcast. I've loved you sharing all this information, letting us into your world of traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture and how it can help people with stress. I love it. Went a little bit into your story. We spoke about stress. I absolutely love it. We went into a lot of detail that people can take from this podcast and implement into their life right now. And before we finish off, I mean, I know that you made the most out of your isolation time. I believe that you developed a, did you do an ebook? Is that right? I did. So I wrote my first ebook, which is so exciting. Um, and it's going to be in a series of ebooks because um, I love reading and writing. And uh, um, yeah, so this little ebook is, again, touching on the whole laughter cures type thing. So it's a lot of fun. It's about the five element theory, which we kind of touched on a little bit. Um, so it's my guide, the witch doctor's guide to the five element theory, which is extremely lighthearted, but also a lot of Chinese medicine information in there. So you get to do a quiz and find out which element you are based on the quiz that you do and what conditions um, you're prone to when you're out of whack. Um, and it's a lot of fun. You'll learn a little bit about yourself. There's a pop culture quiz as well, which is pretty fun. Um, so, yeah, I had a lot of fun doing that, which I think. <laughs> I love know, it. And where can people of... find that? Yeah, so that's on my Instagram. So if you go to The Witch Doctor on Instagram, it's on my, um, you can buy it on my Instagram. 
Beautiful, beautiful. So if people want to get in contact with you and they're like, oh my gosh, I absolutely love Chloe. I want to get acupuncture done. I'm so stressed out. I want her to tell me to stop doing F45. Where can they find you? <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, the best way to contact me is either on Instagram, sorry, at the witch doctor. Um, and I have a clinic in South Yarra and I go to a country practice in Kahuna once a fortnight. Um, and so my website is www.witchdoctor.com.au and that has all my info on there. If you want to learn more about the science behind Chinese medicine or what else I do, there's a bunch of information on there. Um, and you can book an appointment online on the website beautiful well thank you so much for joining us and sharing your knowledge and your information with us all really really appreciate it thank you so much that was so fun <laughs> uh, it was really awesome thank you for having me thank you for joining us at the natural health podcast and remember the missing link between failure and success is your health <laughs>